I know, I know that's right. It's uh, preaching time. Let us turn our attention to the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 11 and 12. And I would encourage you at your leisure to read uh, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Uh, but today, 1 through 3 and 11 and 12. When you see it or have found it, please stand. Paul writes, Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. As the Holy Spirit will guide on this day, I want to share from the thought, our least worries and our greatest concerns our least worries, and our greatest concern. Let us pray. God, not my will, but your will be done. Not me, God, but you preaching to and through me. Empty me, O oh God, that I become nothing, and fill me with your Holy Spirit so your word will go forth and not return unto thee void. So it is my prayer that the words of my mouth, but the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are a strength and our Holy Redeemer. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Our least worries and our greatest concern. Often the phrase is mentioned during the beginning and right before the professional bout of fighting. They give an abbreviated picture of the, uh, of what they call the tail of the tape. In, in that picture, they will, they will give you the age of the fighter. They will give to you the length of their arms. They will give you their weight. They will tell you their win-loss record. They will, if I didn't say that, they'll give you uh, uh, all kind of pertinent information. And, and the purpose for it is so the, the reader, I like to say probably more defined, the, the gambler will know where to place their bets. Because the tale of the tape is, is to let you know who has the greatest chance of walking out victorious. This is not only in, in boxing, but it is in every arena where there's uh, competition and competitive uh, natures. That even when uh, I used to, uh, as a little boy, my neighbor would take me to Rosecroft to, to do the races. They give you a book. And in that book was the tale of the tape of the horses. And 
you would look at the history and you would make your wages on the one that looks like it was most likely to win. For those of you who don't understand it, maybe you understand a little bit better if I go this way. When two people are about to go at, go at it, they're brawling on the street. What they're really doing is doing the tail of the tape. They size you up. When they're looking you up and down, they're trying to see if it's a fight I want to take or one I might want to bow out of. But they, they are sizing you up. And yet the, the truth of the matter is that it's not just in competition, it's in life. That, that, that we go places and we, we actually measure people up. We, we look them up and down. Some of you have probably come in church this morning and already sized up a few folks. If, 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 you're, if you come in here single, you're looking at your competition to see, uh, already check them out to see if, they, if you got any competition in the house. If you, and if you're married, you just want to make sure everything's safe for you to bring your spouse in here because you already sized them up. You have uh, checked out their garments and their, their hairdo. You've even sized up the church, looked at how many people are here this morning and how the choir sang because what we're trying to do is is determine and and push our opinion and our perspective because that's how life is. We're always trying to size up life and size up people. And yet God says uh, through through Paul the apostle that that it is our least worry and not only to act like a judge, but he is the one that don't even worry about what people think about you. And yet, the, the reality is, is that we worry so much about what people think about us and may not even know it. I remember when, uh, my, when we uh, first got uh, married and uh, uh, my wife would uh, get all dressed up to go to the store. And I would ask her, who are you getting dressed up for? I ain't going. And, and, and she said, she say, it's for you. And, mm, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm home. You, you, you know that ain't the outfit I like when I'm home. So you ain't dressing up for me. <laughs> I thought I'd wake you up. But, 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 but people, but, but all of us, but, but probably more so dressing up for the public that she had not seen than, 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 than really dressing how she felt. Can I get a witness? Uh, 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 I think his name is Gary Trosett in his blog said, you'll know if you're a person that are concerned about what people think about you. He has some factors down there. He said, the first thing, you'll do some stuff that you don't want to do and then you'll resent it later. He said, you'll know you're concerned about what people think about you because uh, you, won't, you won't really express your true feelings and beliefs around them because you're scared. He said, you'll know that if you are trying to, if you're concerned about what people think about you because we'll have a tendency to hang around folk we don't like and scare and don't hang around folk that we're afraid of. He said, you'll know if you're a person that you're concerned about what people think about you because you will find that you're always worried that somebody's mad at you. That the, the truth of the matter is that we are very concerned. We do our own positive reinforcement because we want to infuse how we want people to think of us. When, 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 we, uh, when we walk into the church, for some of us, it's lights, camera, action. You know the old saying, you came out the parking lot cussing, but you walk into church, praise the Lord, light, cameras, action, because you want people to have a 
thought about you. We come in here and some of us, we got on a pair of shoes. We done painted the bottom of it red, but we won't lift our feet because we want people to think something about us. We, we, we have a tendency. We, we, we use uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And there we are with the poses, husband and wife sitting at a table all hugged up like y'all in love, putting those I love my boo and love my baby. And you're living like Lucy and Ricky. If you ain't in separate beds, you're in separate rooms. Why? Because you're trying to get people to think something about you because you're concerned about the perception and the opinion of others. And Paul says, that is your least worry, what people think about you. Let me tell you why. Because we got our own problems. We have our own issues. There are no VICs in God's house. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Preach, Wes. He said, he said, he said, he said, your least worry is what people think of you. He said, but then the other thing, you're, you're concerned about what folk going to say about you. Now, it's different from what people think about you. Thinking about you is what you're trying to make them think. What they say about you is how they interpret what you put in them. Come on, Wes. You know, God works in a mysterious way. Um, our refrigerator went on the brink. Is that it, brink or blink? Brink. It went brink. It brink. It's gone. Well, anyway, and I got kind of mad because these new refrigerators, my mother and father had a refrigerator, you know, the old one when you defrosted, you had to put hot water in the freezer and, and sit back, keep the door open, and hope the refrigerator stay cold. At the, one of the, that, thing will last, that thing lasts for about 20 years. I had this one for two years. And, and I don't like all that fancy stuff. I don't believe in digital stuff. I'm going to tell you why I don't like digital stuff. Digital stuff, when it breaks, is too expensive and it don't last long. That's why, you know, like when you buy these fancy cars and stuff, I don't like too much digital stuff. I still like my speedometer to go around. I, I really do because when that digital thing breaks, I need something that's going to grow. I ain't paying for that. I went to, y'all like, y'all have nothing to do. So I went to the, uh, I, I bought a, um, I was going to buy a new treadmill. You know, the man told me, he said, he said, I went to the treadmill, you know, with the TV on it, radio and all. The man said, I don't have nothing to do with your exercise. But they put all that bling bling on it like you got something big. He said, but what's important, can the thing run? <laughs> and, and, and so, but, but we, we, we're concerned about what people say of us, and so what they say is that it's their interpretation of what we put in their mind, and we want to know what they say. And I'm going to tell you the story, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on. But we, we had, a, we, we had a, 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 a brother in the neighborhood. He loved to dress. He couldn't dress, but he loved to dress. And, and he would introduce his clothing before he got his public opinion, like a poster. Man, I bought a bad suit. He tells us what color it is. And, and, and how many buttons and all the designs. And then he'll tell us the date is going to make its appeal. True story. So, so, you know, he may say, man, I got this suit and I bought it for the cabaret. Y'all remember cabaret? B-Y-O-L, B-Y-O-B, just see who knows about it. But anyway, he going he gonna to wear his suit, his new suit to the cabaret. And, and when they got a new suit, when he got a new suit, he going to make an appearance. So he's not coming early. He got to come somewhere between uh, halfway done and close to late. So he, <laughs> and when he walk in, he walk in, have hand in one pocket. And, and everybody knows because he's a nice guy. And so we walk up to him. People walk up to him. Now, I ain't do this. He walk up to him. They, they say, oh, man, that is nice. Where you get it from? 
he becomes weaver. And how much you pay for it? Because he, he bragging, right? Rub the, rub the collar. Oh, man, that's nice. And then you walk away, and he pimp. And as soon as he gets about 10 feet away, you hear somebody say, Bamba. <laughs> see, see, because he wanted us to, he thought he had infused in them this, this positive thought. But when they saw the suit and he walked away, that's, that's, that's what you're concerned about what people say about you. And they ain't going to say it in your face. He thought he was clean, but everybody else in the circle said, Bama. And, and, and we're concerned about what people have to say about us. But let me tell you something. My mother told me, if you don't have nothing good to say, keep your mouth shut. Because a silent word is better than a negative word. And if you're going to speak on somebody, speak life into their being. Don't talk down on them. Talk up to them so that they can become better than what they are and where they are. Preach with. I I'm getting out of here because y'all been good to me, but it's time to go. One more and I'm out of here. Concerned about what, what people think and concerned about what people, those are your least worries. And then we're concerned about what folk believe. I'm going, I'm going in my history book and I told y'all when I tell a lot of stories, I mean I have a lot of time. But, but this all of my truth. I, I don't tell, I'm going to be telling no, no lies. And when I think I'm telling a lie, I call it a parable. Because I'm going to be lying. <laughs> but this is a true story. We, 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 we're worried about what people believe about who we are. It happens. It happens a lot. One of the, one of the sad stories that I had, and, and this was this was this for me was a tragedy. Went to uh, went to a church, and they weren't one of our members. But there was a church that I used to go, and I, I used to love to go, and I still love to go. But there was one person that I always looked for because there were two things I knew: one, that he was going to lead a song, and that brother could sing. That brother make the devil shout. That, that, that's singing. And the other thing he could do for, if you have a bad sermon, he could talk back to you that you thought you were preaching the walls off the place. Preach like that. I ain't met a preacher yet. They ain't like to hear the congregation talk back to you. I have thought about a couple times this service, gone by myself a deacon board, talk back to me. Just give him a dollar for each shout. So make me feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> I know y'all saying he in one of them zones today. Come on out of here. But this is true. This is true. And, and, I, and we became good friends because he was, he was, to me, the worship leader unofficially. Until one of the people saw our friendship. And they, they said to me, I see you and brother so-and-so are really close. You like the worship, don't you? I said, yeah. They said, um, did you know he was married? I said, no. They said, I didn't think so. Because when he leaves worship, he goes home and beat her. So he comes and he uses worship as a cover-up for who he is. And, 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 and let's not just shake our heads, but there, there are folk who douse themselves in cologne and visiting their eyes till they burn trying to cover up Saturday night's party. There are people who will come in the church and, 
and, and dress in long sleeves because they don't want you to see the needle holes. There, there, there are people who, who come in the church and they, they snuggle up to one another because they don't want you to know they're not happy. Because, because they want, they're concerned about really what they want you to believe. They, they want you to believe that everything is okay. And that, that's why when, when, when Robin Williams lost his life and took his life, I was, I was really floored by it because every time I saw Robin Williams, he was making a joke. Every time I saw Robin Williams on the talk show, he was full of happiness, only to discover that this man suffered from great depression. And, and, but you never knew it because he wanted you to believe that he was happy. I looked at the show the other day, and did you know this? That Michael Jackson kept one secret. They said all his life that nobody knew that when you saw him on, in public, that the hair hanging from his head, it was glued to his head because when... When he had the Pepsi Cola commercial, it burned the bald spot. Hair would never grow again. But he didn't want people to know how 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 hurt and how embarrassed he was about his hair. So he glued it every morning, and nobody knew it because they wanted people to believe. He wanted you to believe that everything was all right. We got a whole lot of folk that come in and live a lie. And listen to what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not telling you to spread your mess all over the church. I'm not telling you to tell all your stuff to your next door neighbor but what I am trying to tell you don't be so worried about what people think that you start lying and giving false information it's best that you keep your mouth shut because what people think about us that is our least worry but our greatest concern is what the Lord knows about you Preach well. this is what Paul is leading to Read the text. He says, don't you judge. You don't have a right to judge. You don't have no power to judge. You're not the judge and jury of this, of this life I live. And we have misused the text where he says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and everyone shall praise God. He didn't put it down there for you to punish people. He put it down there for you to know the promise that God will ultimately tell you who you are. Our concern is what does God know about you? He ain't going to come and say, well, Tim, what do you think? Well, Tim, what do you say? Well, Tim, what do you believe? I ain't got to do that. He's going to tell us and tell Tim what God already knows. Come on in here. So let me help you. When the woman came to the well, because don't think knowledge is always a burden, especially when it comes to God. The woman comes to the well, all sacking up full of sin, they would say, and too many men because the men ruined her because they were no good themselves. Let me make sure I say they were no good either. And, and they come, she comes to the well, and Jesus begins to dissect her life. He doesn't tell her what he believes. He tells her everything she knows. But instead of the woman getting offended, she gets happy, drops a bucket of water, picks up the water of life, invites other people to say, come and see a man. 
who told me all about myself. Every knee shall bow. I'm trying to go somewhere. So let me tell you before you go what God knows about all of us. We are all like sheep who have gone astray. All of us have fallen short the measure. Every last one of us knows something about sin, have sin, and is still sinning. But this is also he knows that one Friday he said, I'm going to pay for it all. I'm going to carry it up on God. God that's here. They're going to pierce me and the blood's going to strangle down. And all he wants you to know is that he has washed away all your sin. That's my concern. Did the Lord wash you? Has the Lord saved you? Have you called him by name? Did you say that for Jesus I live and for God I die? That's the greatest concern. Hey, stop worrying about what folks say. And, and I'm done. I really am. Because what they say, what they think, and what they believe don't make a hill of beans to what God knows. <laughs> so I don't mean no harm. So whatever nice suit you have, if you and God, you can bring, you, when you get to God, you're going to get a new one. So don't worry about what you're wearing now. <laughs> don't even worry about what color your soles are on the bottom of your feet. You're going to get some new slippers. But unless you're going in the wrong direction, you better get all you can now because you're going to burn up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what they just said? They said, there he go. He was doing really, 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 really good. He had me right there, and then there he goes. And so I think you know, live your life, let us live our lives, and here's the good part, when God cracks the sky, and he says, our knees will bow, our mouths will confess, and our mouths will render praise. Don't let that be your first introduction. But when you get up, you say, I knew you were coming. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. I knew you were real. That, that's what you want to say. You don't mind dropping your knees. But when you get up, you can say, Lord, I knew, I knew you would come and get me. Give the Lord a heavy praise. God is good and worthy to be praised. If, 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 the, if you love the Lord today. If you love him, you love him every day. God knows all about our troubles. He knows about our goings and our comings. But the one thing we may not know or often forget how much he really loves us. So, so don't be worried about others because we are all in the same boat, sinners in need of grace. But may God our greatest concern and the most important part of our lives. As we stand around this congregation, the doors of the church are open.
And when the invitation is extended, I think it's all right, and let, let me take you here. I think it's all right to consider your church that you're going to join. And I think it's all right to look around at the company you're going to keep. But that's not the final decision in which you make giving me your hand. Because I've learned through ministry that God can put you in churches that at first you don't want to go. And put you around people that may not be your best friend. But when the day is done, what's important is that I'm right where God would have me to be. And there is where I grow up in him. So the doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. Don't you're not just to join a church, but to give the pastor your hand because God has connected with your heart today. If that's your invitation, come in Jesus' name. Nobody else's name but the one who has saved us and the one who keeps saving us. The invitation is extended. If you'd like to come, come now. And don't worry about what other folk think about you here because either we all have made the walk or we're going to need to make the walk at some place and at some time. You might be a testimony. You might help somebody else get up front if you go first. And so the doors are open. If there's one, come in Jesus' name. Is there one today?